Welcome back to K-Drama Rant. My name is Melanie, and I like to rant about K-dramas. As I was editing last week's episode, I noticed that I kept pronouncing Dal's name as Dal instead of Dal, and that was really annoying to me, so I'm going to try to work on that. <laughs> Today, we're talking about episode four of King the Land. Last week, one fell in love with Sarang and got his heart broken when he realized that she already had a boyfriend and Sarang is girl bossing her way into a promotion. It's low-key he's just Ken vibes and she's Barbie <laughs> except he actually could be running an empire if he so desired. I haven't watched Barbie. I have no idea if this reference lands. We start this episode with one witnessing Sarang and her boyfriend hugging but he does not stay for long enough to see her upset with her boyfriend, who is apologizing, but has no idea what he did wrong. So she implies that she'll break up with him, and he tries to put a plan together to make her feel better and change her mind. But all he succeeds in doing is displaying that he doesn't listen when she speaks. She walks away from him, and he follows for just long enough to stop her to tell her that actually he would much rather be with his boys right now. He doesn't say that outright, but... We get it, you know? And that is Sarang's last straw. She tells him he's not worth her time and he really does not get it. So she has to say the words and she finally breaks up with him. She tells him she was too accommodating to him and he genuinely has no idea that she's been humoring him this entire time. So she's ruined him. Honestly, she's taking on too much responsibility. This man ruined himself. I recently heard an anecdote about a therapist who told her client that whenever she sees a hetero couple. She knows whether they're going to last if the guy is way more invested and head over heels for the woman or if they are on the same level. But it never works out if she loves him more. And I felt that so deep in my gut that I shed a little bit of a tear. I'm not going to lie. Like, that is facts. That is my experience. That is absolutely how it works. The reasoning for that therapist was that women tend to give it their all in their relationship regardless of how invested really they are in the relationship and men will only give as much in the instances where they're either more in love or as in love as the woman. Anyway, her boyfriend tries to make her feel bad for breaking up with him, like fuck off, and he couldn't even let a call go to voicemail in order to try to save this relationship, so Sarang walks away and he does not run after her. Then we see Juan driving around, appalled that he could feel jealous at all. So he throws out to the box of macarons he bought for Sarang, just as a cop is driving by and cites him for littering. Then Juan tries to get the cop to throw out the macarons for him. He's just like, yeah, you can throw them out. And the cop is like, that's not my job. Go pick up your macarons. <laughs> but the cop feels a little sympathy for this guy because... He's seen this scene play out before, and he tries to get Juan to give up on her, but Juan is too far gone and defends Sarang to this complete stranger. And the cop feels so bad about Juan that he lets him off without a ticket. But neither of them let it go, so they sit down, and the cop tries to give him some advice since Juan's never been in a relationship. And while he tells the story of his own ill-fated romance and how he should have held on for dear life, he starts singing Eyes, Nose, Lips by Taeyang, which I'm pretty sure is in there for the K-pop girlies. 
one of whom I am unfortunately not, and I wish I were because I think it would be really good and helpful for my pronunciation. But, you know, I can appreciate a good song here and there, but I really want to get into like any any of them. And I, I really want to get into any K-pop group or like any Korean artist because I feel like music is really helpful for learning how to pronounce things. But it's it's not been in the cards for me yet. Maybe one day. Turns out this cop's regret is not trying harder to get the woman he loves, even though his advice to Juan is to let go. Right. On the bus, Sarang calls someone? Unclear who? It doesn't really matter because they don't answer, and she goes through her contacts while crying, landing on her grandmother's entry, so she calls her and asks if she can come over tomorrow. Grandmother agrees, and Sarang makes plans to visit her, so... I'm very excited to see more of Grandma. Next day, Sarang's visit to Grandma is composed of her serving her grandmother's customers at her restaurant. And the customers are mostly old men. All the apogees try calling her Nyonura, which translates to daughter-in-law. And I think the intent is to say that they want her to be part of their family, to be their children's girlfriend. I'm very confused about what the term of endearment is supposed to intend I tried looking it up, and it was not clear, so. Anyway, the lunch rush ends, and the customers leave, so Sarang has a chance to eat her grandmother's cooking, and Halmani takes the opportunity to nag at Sarang to get married soon, but when it comes out that Sarang broke up with her ex, grandma is actually relieved, and should she gives Sarang advice to not hold back when she's upset. She should share her feelings, and I'm like, it's sus to see someone of a certain generation say shit like that, but okay. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> then they have a very heartfelt moment in the show and like the the camera lasts a little too long on Halmani's face, on grandma's face, which tells me that grandmother might die. And I swear, if grandma dies, I'm a riot, okay? I can only handle this particular woman's death so many times. They have got to stop killing her. <laughs> Then we cut to Juan's dad having tea with some other hotel owners, and they're rubbing it in his face that their hotel special VIP lounge surpassed King Hotel's special VIP lounge, which they call King the Land. So I guess that answers that question. What is King the Land? Now what I really want answered is like, why is it called that? Because I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Like King, comma the land, maybe? king of the land but king the land i don't know anyway the chairman laughs it off during tea but as soon as he gets home he sits both his children together and berates them for letting their ranking fall and whether they rise up to the challenge will determine if he bequeaths the whole company to only one of them or if he will split it between the two I don't know how this is incentive for them to play nice with each other, but I'm not going to question it because that's irrelevant to the actual plot of the show, which is the romance. And then the father leaves, so his sister keeps Juan back to tell him to stay out of her way because she's the one that's going to handle it. And he's like, I bet. Like, again, he gives no fucks about actually owning this company. Next day, Sarang is saying her goodbyes to Sumi and her current co-workers 
And Sumi does not waste the opportunity to tell her that she will fail. And then another employee, her new sunbe, comes from King the Land and steps into the office where she's saying her goodbyes. And Sumi tells the new employee, the new person in the scene, uh, that Sarang went to a two-year college. And I'm like, yeah, and? And so is the woman. <laughs> she just, like, looks at her for a second and is like, all right, let's go. And they head up to King the Land where she gives Sarang the tour and gives her advice to brush off the haters because the chairman, Wan's dad, has good taste and she trusts his judgment. Then Sarang goes to change her new uniform and gets ready for her new job. It's very interesting because she has her hair down now. And I feel like generally speaking, you don't see a lot of service employees with their hair down, especially if they're like managing like serving and stuff like that. I feel like just generally speaking, you want your hair up because I think it's just less annoying that way. Um, but I think hair down is how Juan finds her really attractive. So now we have to see her hair down all the time, even though it doesn't really make sense story-wise. But again, let's not question it too much. Meanwhile, Juan is in his office and cannot stop thinking about seeing Sarang hug her ex. Then Sangshi is trying to get him to focus on the problem at hand that the chairman has laid out for them to you know, bring King Land up again in rankings. But Juan is too busy internally debating whether he should heed the cop's advice to hold on to Sarang and not let go. Sangshik manages to snap him out of it, but he does not like the idea that Sangshik suggests and parrots the line that Sarang said about earning money honestly. Even Sangshik is like, that's something that poor people would say. And I'm like, well, you don't have to say it like that. Oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> The two bicker some more, and then Sarang and her new sunbae walk in. So obviously, one is transfixed, so much so that Sarang walks in in slow motion, like in the show. And I'm here, like, truly enjoying it, because we all know that I love me some male pining. Sarang is then reintroduced to him as the new staff of King Land, and instead of saying, nice to see you again, he tells Sarang sunbae to pay extra attention to training her because she's a terrible employee, basically. And Sarang takes it gracefully. She's like, I'll do my best, sir. <laughs> then they head out. As they do, one mutters businessy nonsense, pretending that he hadn't just spent the last 12 hours thinking about her so that like, when she heads out, she can hear him mutter. It's beautiful, okay? This man has zero brain cells, and I love that about him. Sang-shik obviously can see right through his behavior. He's like, oh, so you like her. And that angers Won so much so that he literally hurls Sang-shik out of the room. I don't like that. I don't like that he's a violent man. And I know like it's played for laughs, but violence is not funny. I don't find that attractive. So I'm going to like completely erase the tape on that one and I'm gonna pretend that one did not just physically hurl someone out of his office because if not this show would be so much harder to get through because I'm like bitch that's not funny it's not cute violence just because someone makes you upset emotionally fuck that no then Sarang is introduced to the rest of the team Dun, her son Bae steps out 
And immediately the rest of the staff is like, oh, she's so nice, isn't she, talking about John? And then they drop the mask of everyone being one big happy family. And the head mean girl out of this group of staff tells her that everyone there graduated from prestigious universities. And her being there is like a slap to the face to them. Shut up. She's like, you have to prove yourself to us. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. You're like at the same level as she is. So I don't understand. <laughs> but Sarang isn't about to rock the boat. So she accepts the gauntlet with grace. The head mean girl then takes her to a back room to sign an NDA because their clientele is so exclusive. And she's even forced to delete her social media. That's fucked. Then we cut to Wan's sister making her way through King Mall. And she ends up in the store that Dalu works in. What? I'm so confused. I thought she worked at an airport store. I thought she worked like at a duty-free store. The fuck? <laughs> Whatever, man. I Again, not important. This is not the main storyline. But then the sister talks to the head of that store and asks which stores she works at. And the head of that store mentions working at multiple airports. Again, I'm super confused, but I refuse to try to make any sense of this. Like, K-dramas aren't about following a coherent plot. That's not what we're here for. We're here for vibes and vibes only. Anyway, the sister tells them that they have to double their sales and then moves away. Then she goes to the office where Pyonga works and tells her flight team to up their in-flight sales, just like straight up, just like that. So this family employs not only Sarang, but every single person around her too. That's not great, Chief. And the sister is on a rampage trying to get their numbers up so she can impress her dad and finally be the head of this company. But it's super dumb because this isn't a strategy. Like, telling people to up their numbers is not strategizing. Like, it's not a plan, girly. This is this is so stupid. And it's, like, exactly how certain, like, managers talk. It's just, like, we have to get those numbers up. It's just, like, okay, how? <laughs> like, the fuck are you talking about? Meanwhile, Sang-shik is trying to get Won to care at all about their numbers. And again, he could not care less. But if he can show Sarang that he's not just playing around with daddy's money, he's in. So he holds a meeting with the King Land staff, and he's honestly just there to spy on Sarang. He takes whatever suggestions Sarang Sr. makes and tells them to implement them. He dismisses the meeting only to immediately pull up Sarang's contact on his phone and send her a text message to meet him after work, but she does not respond, and he tries to keep busy, but he's desperately checking his phone for a response from her. Then he gets tired of waiting, so he calls her, and she does not pick up because she's at home, and he tries calling again, but she doesn't have his contact saved, so she cares not to answer. And at her house, Sarang and Pyonghua discuss their respective meetings, Pyonghua, with Won's sister, and Sarang with Won, they had their meetings to increase their sales. And Pyonghua is jelly because Sarang is actually getting an incentive to sell more, whereas she's just like getting told to sell more. Then Dada gets home and has to deal with her, I'm guessing, husband's family, 
who are mooching off her and also making her feel bad for not catering to their every whim. It's honestly very stupid and like very angering. It's a very difficult scene to watch because I've definitely been on the receiving end of family members being like, can you grab me this? Can you grab me that? I'm just like, do you not have legs? Do you not have legs? Why don't you ask my cousin, my male cousin to do this thing for you? Like, why? Why am I the one here? Like, and then like my mom comes over and she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> forgive my daughter. And I'm like, nah, forg- like, I don't I am not sorry. Like, no. <laughs> and now nobody ever asks me for shit. It's great because they know they're going to get a stern talking to about machismo. <laughs> um, so they'd rather not deal with me, which is great. Fine by me. I would really rather not. And even Chorang, her daughter, knows something's up. She's subtly trying to make jabs at her aunt and uncle. I'm super unsure what the relationship of these people are <laughs> to each other. Dalu goes to the store to get ingredients to make them dinner and tries calling her husband to pick her up from the store and take her home because she has so many bags. But he claims to still be doing work stuff. Hmm. He's looking shifty as fuck, though, so I don't know about all that. Uh, and the scene is shown to contrast what Sarang and Pyonghua think Dalu's life must be like. Because she's married with a child, which is what they want for their own lives. And they're trying to compare and contrast. But actually, not having your husband's family mooching off you is probably a better time than having to go to the store at night right after a long-ass shift in order to cook for two people who are just, like, watching TV and eating your food and not cleaning up after themselves. Next day. One wakes up, phone in hand, and sees that Sarang never replied, so he struts into King the Land and tells Sarang to meet him. He's like, I try to contact you once you answer, and she's very confused. How do you have my number? And he explains that he cares very little for the privacy of his employees' records, and he just got him off his business records. Um, and he's surprised that she doesn't have his number, and she's like, I don't have the same access to your records you do mine like what do you mean (laughs) um so he like hands her his business card she tries to get to the bottom of his request to see her but he's like to see me after work for dinner she's confused and actually doesn't want to do this because of course why would she and does not catch any of his real intent here so she tells him she's not going to do it because it'd be awkward to have dinner with just him he can't really handle that rejection gracefully so he walks away later in Wan's office Sangshi tries to get Wan to choose a picture from Jeju for the marketing materials, but Wan is distracted and tells Sangshi to trick Sarang into a dinner tonight at the hotel's Japanese restaurant. I don't like that. I don't like that, okay? This episode is not making Wan look good. It's not making Wan look good at all. Just tell her that you like her and also stop trying to be a homewrecker. Obviously, a hug isn't a sure indication of people being in a relationship with each other. But that is what Juan got from it. So I am a little upset. I am quite upset, actually, that he's not even trying to figure out if she is, in fact, in a relationship before trying to invite her to dinner and stuff. And not only that, he's straight up just trying to trick her into going on a date with him. Like, that's not a good, solid foundation for a relationship, Juan. Obviously, this isn't going to work out for him, but... I don't like that he even thought that that was like a viable option. We then go to the skies and see that Pyonghua is a target of harassment from one of the pilots. Fuck that. Ron, her good boy, walks in and just by being present, 
The pilot stops harassing her and walks away. Fuck that guy. And now that he's gone, Roan takes the chance to ask her to dinner. And at first she wants to say no, mostly probably because who the fuck wants to be around a new guy after the guy that just walked away harassed you? But he's like, I'm using my mother wanting me to thank you with an excuse to take you out, but I really just want to take you out. So she agrees, and to dinner they go. In an effort to play it off during dinner, he pretends that the reason he's been helping her out is to make his life at work easier. So she explains to him that she actually is not being promoted at the same rate as everyone else. So he's barking up the wrong tree if this dinner is strategic, but he gets all intense and tells her that he will never regret helping her. All right, I see you. <laughs> and she tries to change the conversation and point out some other co-worker who's interested in him. But he decides to be direct instead and tells her that he's actually interested in her. Hmm. We don't see the conclusion of that dinner and follow Wan walking into the Japanese restaurant for his dinner with Sarang. However, Sangshi took his suggestion to trick Sarang into a welcome dinner, literally, and invited all her co-workers as well to dinner. So they all eat except for Wan who's staring at her not eating. So everyone except our leads eat except for Wan who's just staring at Sarang not eating because she doesn't eat raw fish. We knew this from the tuna days. The sashimi does look good, so it couldn't be me. But one orders Sangshi to get Sarang other cooked meats so she can actually have something to eat during this dinner, which is supposed to be a welcome dinner for her. He's doing the absolute most while also doing the least possible. It's kind of amazing. She heads to the bathroom, and when she steps out, she asks Juan to meet her outside. She, like, whips out his business card and, like, texts him or whatever. Actually, I have no idea how she contacted him, but she got a hold of him, and he meets her outside, and she's like, can you leave me the fuck alone? Because this special treatment is actually making me the target of all of my coworkers, and I cannot be doing this, so, like, please stop. And she stalks off, but Juan is left behind wondering what he did wrong. She walks home and ignores a call from her ex. She heads inside her house and finds her friends with cake singing happy birthday to her. It is so fun to me and it brings me great joy that happy birthday has made it around the world. In Korean, they sing, sing to Gahamnida, sing to Gahamnida to the tune of happy birthday to you. Or if we're being really technical, good morning to all. And it is really amazing to me. Like, it's very fun to me that that song is about 100 some odd years old. And it's been adapted to a lot of languages around the world to celebrate birthdays. It's very cute. Whoever said that the U.S. has no culture should really examine what they really mean. Because if there is one thing that the U.S. does well, is spreading its culture to every single corner of the earth. Empires are very good at that. Sometimes it is for the worst. But sometimes it is just a little song that people can use to share in the joy of someone spending another year on Earth with you. It's, it's cute. It's cute. And you can fight me on this. Anyway, enough about my love for that song and how a lot of cultures and countries and people around the world use it. Her friends sit her down to eat a birthday meal. Her birthday is actually tomorrow and as a present, they got her some lingerie 
so she can properly celebrate with her boyfriend tomorrow. So it is now time for Sarang to tell them that they're actually broken up, which is a good thing because he forgot her birthday last year. So fuck that guy. They take the news like pretty okay, honestly. Like they're like, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> and throw a little dance party for Sarang. Have to cheer up and also like have to actually celebrate that they're broken up and her birthday. <laughs> Next day at the hotel, Won asks Sanshik if what Sarang said to him about being inconsiderate during her welcome dinner is true, and Sangshik agrees, yeah, just a baby bit. <laughs> However, he has to leave because Sarang gets a buffet voucher at the hotel for her birthday. Won then steps inside his office and finds his sister waiting for him, swinging his beloved pocket watch menacingly. She wants him gone so she can take over the company, but really all he wants, and what he's always said he wants, is to find his mom. And then we see a flashback of his sister taunting him when they were children. She's the reason his pocket watch is cracked, like the pocket watch that his mother gave him is cracked. She threw it out of a window when they were children. Children. She is such a good villain. Absolutely ruthless. And she's been a hateful little shit ever since she was a child. Perfect. Back at Kin the Land, which is like a different part of the King Hotel, and Wan's office is in King Hotel, but like King the Land is a part of the hotel, just in case we're trying to figure out mentally where the show is taking place. At King the Land, Sarang and her senior, not by actual title, but because he's been there for longer, serve the chairman and his rival during a meeting that they're having and their rival hotel asks for a wine recommendation and she gives one off the cuff and really convincingly because guess what what melanie she's also a certified sommelier bitch she did not go to a four-year college, but she did get her certs, okay? She knows what she's doing. She knows she's always wanted to be a hotel employee, and she's been doing it great. She's prepared. She has so many languages. She's got her sommelier certification. Like, what the fuck else do you need? The guests are delighted by this, but when they leave, the guy that she was serving with takes her aside to be a little bitch and tells her she needs to be upselling all the time. Because obviously he just needs a reason to be angry at her because everyone's super salty that she gets to work there, even though she doesn't have the same preparation as everybody else, even though she's better prepared than everybody else. And he also suggested the wine. So it's like, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. He's like, you should be upselling to the whiskey and not the wine. And she's like, but you also suggested the wine. So, but she's like, you know what? I'm not about to rock the boat. And she like takes it in stride and she's like, all right, I'll do better next time. Sarang then leaves the hotel and finds her ex there with a bouquet of flowers, claiming that he has a reservation at a high-end restaurant for her birthday. He's confused because he's incapable of seeing that she broke up with him over the big picture of their relationship, and it wasn't like some stupid mistake that he did one time. She tells him off and to fuck right the fuck off, but like in a nicer way, and she walks off in the rain to cry in the same park with a scenic view that she and Juan went to in their moments of contemplation like a couple weeks ago. So, as she's crying, feeling the rain on her skin, guess who is also there and steps up, holding an umbrella to save her from the rain? 
the boy himself won. And he's like, you're in my spot. So she goes to walk away. And in a very rom-com moment, she trips and he catches her one-armed. And that's where the episode ends. Them looking at each other and like her in his arms. It's silly as fuck. I love it. (laughs) This is definitely going to mark a turning point in their relationship. I'm sure of that. One thing that I'm really thinking about in the show, it's like I'm unsure if I want one sister to continue being a villain or if I want her to have a redemption arc. Because she is a very good villain, but Juan is so incompetent and not participating at all that it's not fun to watch. He's not doing tit for tat. He's just like, yeah, I again, I don't want to participate in this. And instead of like doing something to make it clear to her that she does not need to be worried about him, he just keeps saying no, no, and no, and then like does things like hold a meeting with the King the Land staff, which is the thing that they're trying to raise the sales of to make it seem like he's actually lying about his true intentions there. And I'm like, dude, like just try to like sit down, try to think about what your actions look like to your sister who is actively trying to destroy your life or like pay you off to leave the country. Like, oh my God, it's not fun to watch her be a villain and do it so well and he's not even like you know doing something about it it's not fun it's not it's not nearly as fun so I'm like do I want her to just like stop being a villain so that it's not as one-sided but whatever man I haven't decided yet I haven't decided if I want her to be a villain until the end or if I want her to come around to one anyway as always your carrier pigeons can find me at koreandramarants at gmail.com or at Korean Drama Rants on Instagram. I'll catch you all with next week with episode 5 of King the Land. Thanks for listening. Bye!